You are Locked On Nuggets, your daily Denver Nuggets podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to Locked On Nuggets, your daily Denver Nuggets podcast. Part of Locked On Network, your team every day. My name is Matt Moore. I'm the senior NBA writer at the Action Network and the Nuggets insider for 104.3 The Fan in Denver. Joining me is Adam Mares from DNVR, the DNVR.com. You can find him on Twitter at Adam underscore Mares. Check out all the great stuff at DNVR. On today's show, we're going to talk about the NBA Finals because that was a rip-roaring good time. And we have lots of takes to, come, to get to you off of those finals and how they relate to the Denver Nuggets and more. And in the final segment, I want to talk a little bit about the uh, international nature of the NBA and where it's at and how important it is, as well as some corollaries in terms of the Bucks and all the players involved and how different maybe things are from what we're kind of used to from, from not a team construction standpoint and how we usually talk about it, but just in terms of draft capital and those types of things. But first I want to tell you that today's episode is brought to you by Spotify green room. You can download the app and join us on Friday at noon mountain time for our live show to get in on the action. Great time there. All right, Adam, the Milwaukee bucks are champions Giannis Antetokounmpo is an NBA champion and finals MVP Chris Middleton good dude well-liked is an NBA champion Drew Holiday beloved teammate someone that Monty Williams once told me was an old soul back when he used to play uh Brooke Lopez the lovable dork is an NBA champion PJ Tucker uh shoe aficionado is an NBA champion Bobby Crazy Eyes, Portis, Woo Pig Suey is an NBA champion. Very excited for that for my Arkansas friends. Uh, Pat Connaughton, who no one has real opinions about, is an NBA champion. Um, True. DJ Augustine, former Nugget legend DJ Augustine, is, is going to get a are ring. He, oh, I was going to say, what? <laughs> okay. He's not, he can't really say he's an NBA champion. Does get a ring, though. Tory Craig gets uh, himself Craig. A ring, uh, which was inevitable in the series. Um, great, great finals. Lots of fun. I don't care that the ratings were low. The ratings are going to be low until people learn to love the new players. This is how it's going to go. You can't just, if you want to build new characters, sometimes you got to take the short-term hits. Um, first off, my just thoughts, I want to get your thoughts on this as um, a guy, like a big man that played basketball, plays basketball. Your thoughts on Giannis is absolute just, sheer incomprehensible hammer of the gods destruction inside as he drops 50 in game six only the second player in nba finals history to score 50 or more in a game six or seven in the nba finals joining bullet bob pettit that's what's wild you have to go way back back before the dawn of time uh, what were your thoughts on Giannis's performance last night? I mean, what is there to say? Well, I loved it so much. First of all, you said as a big man, like Giannis isn't. It's not that he's not a big man; he's just not a big man. Like I have, for whatever level of basketball I've played in my day, as a big man, is nothing comparable to what Giannis is. Giannis is a seven foot giant. His own thing, like Jokic isn't a point guard; he's like a, he's something different. Giannis, the same thing. It's he's he's a unique thing. So. I don't know that I really even judge him as a big man, but what he did in the series, the last, really the, the whole playoff run, and honestly for several years, but what he did in this one in making all of the free throws in this game six to close it out when that was the knock on him, he can't do it. He had the best shooting night of his career from the free throw line. 
uh, 50 points, just absolutely dominant, so aggressive. It was it was incredible to watch. It was genuinely incredible to watch that game and to watch this series and to see Giannis win, and not just win because somebody else missed shots, but to see that he played arguably the best game of his career to pull off a championship. It's It doesn't get much better than that. And did on both ends. Sensational blocks, amazing defensive plays, all-out effort. I just, I don't know. I mean, he, he's a testament to what the human body is capable of at its highest, I guess, you know, form combined with will and heart. Just, he, he played with a lot of heart in these playoffs. Um, like, so you and I talked about it a lot in terms of, and I loved your point that you made several times about this, about being like not caring about being embarrassed. Like he's above well, it. Gonna gonna miss some free throws. Don't care. You're still picking up the foul, and I'm still gonna like this is. I'm gonna do everything I can. Like I'm not gonna stop scoring. I'm not gonna stop shooting. I'm not gonna just take jumpers. I'm not gonna avoid contact. I'm going right at you. I'm going at you over and over and over again. And by the end of that game. You know, really, the Suns, who had been so physical all year and who had been really great about challenging at the point of attack, like they were just beaten. They really yeah. were. They were just, we can't do anything. Um, there, I think that's a way you could define the series that Milwaukee beat down Phoenix. Not yeah. like, you know, by roughing them up or this or that, but just like they just kept coming at them. Like they just kept going, just attacking Giannis in particular, just. There were there was a, a there was a lot of plays in this playoffs and in this finals, but there was one play in Game Six that I, I can't even remember when when it happened. But Giannis just like went to a spin move and just made it like I'm going to get fouled, I'm going to go to the rim, nothing's going to stop me. And that was just kind of his mind frame. It wasn't how do I get around this guy? Let play a little cat and mouse. It was just like I don't care. I'll figure it out. Second millisecond by middle millisecond, I'm just moving forward. And that was just kind of the whole Milwaukee Bucks' mind frame, I think, in this finals was just keep going, keep going, and eventually Phoenix ran out. The Drew Holiday corner three in the fourth quarter I thought was a great example, too, of Giannis isn't a masterful passer. He's not Jokic. He's not Harden. He's not LeBron. I've always – I've said for years, I was like, you know what? He's a really good passer. And he caught the ball at the free throw line, and the Suns it just panic swarmed him. Just, there was like three seconds on the clock. That was part of it, is it didn't feel yeah. like there was enough time. So it's like, okay, get the ball out of his, or you know, force him to shoot or whatever. And he just patiently like held it high, waited, and then delivered the ball to Drew Holiday in the corner for a three. It was he was so in control of that game. He this he took such an edge against them. It was an absolutely masterful performance. It was really impressive. It was so much just physicality, heart, effort, and god-given athletic talent um what's crazy i think in, in terms of okay like he got to the he got to the apex right and now it's like all right you, you know you can no longer be like well you know you can solve the bucks you can say that there are different ways to slow them down i think we've seen that you still are going to need it's now i think you need guys that can slow down Giannis, and i just don't know how many there are like i just I don't, don't know how many there yeah, there are. Well, I mean, there's none, but I don't know that the Bucks. There's very few teams that after they've won a title, I've been like, man, there's no answer for that. And there always is an answer. The only ones yeah. I could think of is 2015 Warriors. You kind of felt like, man, I don't know. What, but then like switching and, and switch everything and slow the game down and ISO and do this or that. Like teams, the league eventually figures out a weak point and then can attack it. With Milwaukee, they were great. 
they were an inch away from losing to Kevin Durant in game seven. They were, um, you know, down two games in this one, got very close in games two and three. I, there were so many little points that I don't feel like Milwaukee is, oh, now it's the league is chasing the Bucks. Like the Bucks won this one. Right. They won it fair and square. Yeah. Next year, they're going to have to fight tooth and nail to get back to the finals and win it. But, you know, they've proven they can do it. I just don't it, I don't feel like they are inevitable now. Yeah, I don't I don't I don't mean to, to insinuate that either. I actually wrote a thing today that was like, look, yes, the Nets are going to be favored next year. And yes, the Lakers are going to be favored in the West. But there isn't any team that you I'll put it this way. Teams are not going to be like, well, you know what? Maybe we just wait a few years because there's no way that we can catch up to the like. Right, right. No, the window's open for everybody. Go yeah. make a run. Um, like load up, make a run. Do do what you can because these teams are all beatable, which is how it should be. It should be everybody's beatable, and we'll sort it out in the playoffs. Like that's you know we'll see who's who makes the shots, who's got enough heart, who's got enough energy, who stays healthy. Like we'll find out. And we found out, and even though it took a lot of, of messy, messy season, um, I really enjoyed the finals. I'm super thrilled. I, I'll tell you, as somebody that's so regrettably jaded a lot with some of the stuff that goes on in the league these days, like I've been in just a really like just whistling with the Bluebirds <laughs> day. Like I've just been like, what a great day. You like you like the Bucks. You like Giannis. You like the Bucks. I mean, it's like a team you like one. But, That's it. Yeah. I mean, I don't I don't I'm not ready to proclaim the league is fixed. A no. small market team won or anything like that. But it just it was nice to see. Look, I'm sure we'll talk about this going forward in the next segment, but it was good to see somebody win differently and then not just win it, but kind of almost rub it in everybody's face, you know. And and, and so I think there's that good, you know, good feeling uh, lingering there. And then also, like, let's be honest, Phoenix was a good story, yeah. too. I mean, I I was glad Milwaukee won, but it was cool to see Phoenix also make it. Nobody had Phoenix Bucks as their finals this year. Nobody did. Yeah, it was absolutely a – it was a very much I, – I just described this as, like, it's a, it was a feel-good finals to me. It was definitely – at the end yeah. of a pretty rotten year, um, it was a feel-good finals. This episode is brought to you by Green Room. Spotify Green Room is the first social audio platform that you can connect with sports fans and experts and athletes and everybody else. You can talk to all these great folks. We host our live shows on Fridays at noon. They're always a really good time. You can join in on the conversation. We like to get your takes, get your thoughts. We're catching up on draft stuff. So this Friday is the last Friday live show before the draft. It's going to be draft heavy. So... I think it's the last live show. I mean, we might return to it, but this Friday might, be the, last might one. be the last live show. So we'll see how that goes. Spotify green room. Join the conversation today. Um, all right. We'll be right back on locked on nuggets. Back here on Lockdown Nuggets, thanks for making this part of your day. If you guys want to watch a video version of the show, you can catch it on 9 News in Denver. It's on the website. We are partnered with 9 News through Tegna, who owns Lockdown, and we have a show that we're recording this right now with our, our, our video with fancy graphics and everything. So check that out over at 9 News. All right, Adam, we'll continue our conversation about the NBA Finals. Look, there was a lot of conversation I saw from Nuggets fans last night about you know, like this is like a this is the the thing, right? Is a, a small market team. Denver's not a small market, but a mid market. Uh, they are a small market, NBA market. Stuck with 
you know, their superstar and unconventional one kept at it, made the big move and it worked out with an NBA title. And that's promising for the league. You know, you mentioned, you're like, I don't think the league is fixed. And I, I certainly don't either. I, I do think I have a little bit more optimism. I think about what teams can do. I have a little bit more optimism about the short term in terms of this baby. What I, what I I'm used to is usually in these times when we're like, wow, the league could be wide open. Somebody steps in and fills the void. Yeah. And I have sure. expected that from the nets and certainly like the nets could just rampage through next season and go wild and become that team. I did, however, made this point on locked on NBA today with, with Jackson Gatlin that the, Usually when there's a dominant team like this, they're dominant on both ends, right? Like when the Warriors filled that gap after the LeBron Heat era and the Spurs era, they were great on both ends. Like they were dominant defense and they had the, the, the Splash Brothers, right? This Nets team has all of these guys that can score in all these ways and wow, this scoring and amazing scoring and Kyrie's bag. Look at Kyrie dribble around so much. Not a great defensive team and i don't think there's a real capacity for them to be a great defensive team i thought they played really pretty good defense early on in the in the buck series one of the reasons they lost that series outside of just james harden was hurt and kyrie irving was hurt like that's fine we can be honest about that they were hurt but the reason they still couldn't get past the bucks they had opportunity to kevin durant play out of his mind very close to him yeah like defensively they did not have enough they were still counting on guys to score enough and maybe they have enough with, with those guys back. But I, I do kind of think that there's still going to be a team that you can take advantage of. If you shoot well and execute your offense, you can generate good looks against the Brooklyn Nets. So they're not kind of invincible. But back to the central point, do you feel like this opens up? Does this encourage you in terms of if Milwaukee can do it, Denver can do it? Um, not necessarily. And, and part of this is because I see the Lakers and I see Brooklyn and I think, okay, both of those teams will probably come back stronger or at least with more more horses um going forward so it you know next year a little bit lucky this year with injuries you know just in terms of who made it uh you know all the way i think you go back two years ago and you look at the toronto raptors same thing kevin durant goes down that year and they win so that to me it almost feels like more of that unless matt unless there is a bigger um momentum push from Giannis and the adoration and adulation that is being tossed at him right now for winning one and sticking with his team. Because let's be honest, everybody knows the subtext to super teams. Sometimes you go somewhere where you can't lose and yes, you win the championship and yes, it counts, but maybe it means a little bit less than if you have to score 50 points on 17 of 19 free throw shooting in game six to close them out. Okay. That might mean a little bit more. And Giannis after the game, I was surprised, you know, we've talked about this before. Jokic, Luka, Giannis, these guys don't get shout outs from people around the league. Like there wasn't an, a huge outpouring of players. Like there usually is saying, oh, congrats to so-and-so on the championship. Congrats. That didn't happen. I think Giannis kind of said, you know what? I'm going to call everybody else out. I'm not getting, it's not like I'm going to lose any love saying this. I'm going to call it out. And he said last night, I could have gone to a super team and it would have been easy. It would have been easy for me to just do my part. And then we could have won. I think that I, I, I'm hopeful. My, I don't think this will really happen, but I'm somewhat hopeful that everybody starts calling it like it is and saying, yes, it is more meaningful when you do it with this team. When you are forced to tap into your most dominant self and play your best game on the biggest stages and then you win it, that's more meaningful than, oh, you won in four games every single round. You swept through and, oh, you had a bad night here, but you still won. 
I honestly wonder if this will have an impact on on how players approach forming super teams. I think we're starting to see a different era too of players. Um, I think everything is always a reaction, right? Like for every action, there's an equal and opposite reaction. I think that there was a big push from the 2000s, and like this was a long, this was a long time thing. Like Jordan was really the first empowered NBA player because no one had ever had that amount of leverage before. Like no one had ever had that like kind of that kind of leverage before, and the the game never made that much money. And then that kind of started to change after Jordan because he created so much momentum. And so in the 2000s, I think that there was um, a real kind of push of of Kevin Garnett and, and Kobe Bryant and those guys being very you know keep your head down, do you know be coachable, all those type of things. And then like LeBron and that class kind of started to swing things in terms of now like we're gonna yeah, we're, we're gonna, gonna run this yeah. thing, like we're gonna decide. And that I think has prompted some of the well, if they're gonna go and leave and form super teams, then I'm gonna go and leave and form a super team with a lot of the, I mean, we see that with that with KD and we see that with, you know, every number of guys, like people forget that KD got beat in the finals by right. a super team. And I think that that probably made him feel like, well, I mean, if he gets to go do that, why don't I get to do that? I think there is a new, new era of players coming in. And I, I think John Morant is a guy that I, I kind of look at like this. I think Jokic, I think is like this, that look at it and go like, no, nah, man, like I want, right. I want to do it my way. Like, I don't want to be like everybody else and just go play for the Lakers. I want to like what you how crazy would it be to do it here? Like with these fans that are so wild and don't have like aren't all you know nobody not everybody is like you know has a is a media marketing right, right. brand executive. Like right. it's different here. Right. Let's do it different. And I think there's a big push for that. I I had a lot of respect uh for Giannis with the very specific yeah, I could have done it the easy way. I wanted to do totally. it the hard way. Totally. Totally. I mean, he, like I said, I think he's, there's a little bit of a, just a call out here and here's an interesting thought experiment. I'm not trying to, it's going to sound like I'm getting hot takey, but I'm, I'm not, you know, if you drop prime LeBron James onto in Giannis's spot, so I don't know, 2013 LeBron, do the Bucks win this title? Say that one more time. If you br- drop Le- prime LeBron James onto this Bucks team, instead of Giannis, do they win? Yes. I think so too, but you had to think about it. And that was my whole point is like, if I asked you, if you drop him on a 73 win warriors, where they win, you're like, of course they win. Yes. Like, you know, you add the greatest player ever this, but this is my whole point is at least you had to think about that and say, well, Giannis did score 40 points twice and 50 points once. And he did all of these. They have 50 points in the closeout game. Like could LeBron have had 50 points in the closeout game? Probably he was that good at his day, but Giannis did it. And I think there's just something to that, that now you can look at this and say, Giannis did a thing that only the greatest of great players have done. I'm not saying he is one of the greatest of the greats, but when it was his time to prove it, he proved it with a 50 piece. And that's, that's just so yeah. cool. It's so much yeah. better than proving it with a 26 piece. Cause you sat out the entire second half. Cause your team was up 50. Yep. Well, and part of it too is, and, and again, like five blocks, right? Um, I, I do think it's amazing to, to look at this and go, because I, I look, I, I made the argument for Giannis to win MVP both years. Like I said, this is this has to be the guy. Like this is he is clearly the most valuable player. Right. And still, if you ask me where I put him in terms of the best players in the league, if I had done those rankings, I probably wouldn't have put him as high. And now I'm like, look, this is a two-time MVP, a defensive player of the year, one of the best players on both ends of the floor who dropped 50 in a game six to win the title, finals MVP. Like this is the resume. Like, right. 
you can argue about how it looks or felt or anything else, but the man dropped 50 after driving. It wasn't 40 like he followed up a bad game with a 50 piece. He yeah. followed up two incredible games with a 50 piece. Yeah. And before that, very good game. It wasn't like he played bad. He just three games in a row made enormous plays, came up so big. And, and yeah, like, to me, I, that argument's not, a, it's not closed. The league's too good to say there's like any one player. That's the guy. But if you told me, like, if we were doing a snake draft and I had to take Giannis as my first one, I'd be happy as can be. Yep. I might not be my actual first pick. Maybe I would take KD or, or something. But Giannis is as good as any of those guys and has proven it in the toughest moments. I'm not refuting you because I do think that the tenor around around Giannis has always been a little bit different. I think in part because Giannis isn't all buddy-buddy. I don't – I like he's just not – I don't think he's in the, the quote-unquote club. Right. Part of it for sure. Um, LeBron did congratulate him. KD did congratulate. KD, I thought was really classy. He said nothing but respect for the Milwaukee Bucks franchise, the city of Milwaukee, and those loud loud ass fans. Incredible playoff run, fellas. Like that's pretty classy. Yeah, they, were from KD. they were great. Yeah. Uh, Steph yeah. congratulated him because Steph was the most like genuinely wonderful person in the like. I, I as much as I I gripe about the his play, like it's just he's such a really good dude. That's when everybody's like, you hate Steph. I'm like, I if you talk to Stephen Curry for more than 30 seconds, you're gonna be like, what a wonderful dude. Just like a really yeah. nice and Giannis is is very much the same way. Um yeah. which is great that that's like the what these guys the that's the face of the league is like really good human beings that are that do things for, for their communities and, and play amazing basketball. Let's take a break. Um we'll come back and I have some thoughts about international players as well as some thoughts about the caliber, quote unquote, of the players on the Bucks when we come back on Locked On Nuggets. But first, gotta talk about Bilt Bar. Talk about the real champion. That's Bilt Bar. Bilt Bar's got so many delicious flavors. There's something for everyone. They've got coconut, cherry barcia, raspberry, mint brownie, double chocolate, salted caramel, strawberry, which is my new favorite, orange, cookies and cream, and German chocolate. German chocolate's secretly really, really good. Uh, if you haven't tried all the flavors, you can get a mix box where you get two of each of the nine. Most of them are only 17, uh, have at least 17 to 18 grams of protein. Calories ranging from only 130 to 180. They've only got only 45 grams of sugar and only 45 grams of net carbs. Built Bar is the official protein bar of the U.S. track and field team. That's just awesome. Go to built.com and use promo code locked on and you'll get 15% off your order. Use promo code locked on for 15% off at built.com. We're also brought to you today by Rock. Auto. Uh, so Adam, I had to go in the other day and I needed some stuff for my car because there's just like little bits and pieces of the interior that are getting pretty raggedy and I need to clean it up and I wanted to replace the, the headlamps and things like that. And I'm walking into the chain store and the prices were just ridiculous because I've been on rockauto.com and the prices are so much better. I ordered it from rockauto.com and got exactly what I needed. You get the same prices as absolutely everybody with rockauto.com at home and in your pockets. You don't have to spend 30%, 50%, or even 100% more for the same parts from a chain store or a car dealership. Their prices are reliably low for every customer at rockauto.com. They've got everything you need from brake parts, tail lamps, motor oil, or even a new carpet. You can go explore their easy-to-use website today to find the solution for your auto parts needs. Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. Right, locked on. And they're how to hear bass box that they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need at rockauto.com. We'll be right back on Locked On. 
It's here, the Ultimate Mock Draft 2021, presented by Locked On and Odyssey, featuring analysis from the GOAT of NBA Mock Drafts, Chad Ford, and Odyssey NBA experts, Brian Scalabrini and former general manager, Ryan McDonough. Our Locked On NBA local experts will make selections and trades. There was a trade that was made for your favorite basketball teams throughout this week-long special event. The Nuggets episode, uh, our selection, I think comes out actually the day you're listening to this. Search... The Ultimate Mock Draft 2021 on the new Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast. Odyssey is your audio home for all the sports, podcasts, music, and news that matter to you. That's A-U-D-A-C-Y, Odyssey. Adam, so we, uh, it's interesting, Giannis is an international player, like a true immigrant, has won the title, Won MVP twice, finals MVP. Nikola Jokic wins the MVP. Luka Doncic, I think, is likely to win the MVP next season. International basketball is at a place that I think many, even 10 years ago, would have thought it would never, ever be. Like, it is, the NBA positioned itself as a global game, and it's never been represented so broadly as a global game, I think than than now with all the players that are controlling this, I don't necessarily want to get into the conversations about like, can you be the face of the league, but instead just get your thoughts on as this happens, do you think fans will more and more come to accept these guys as the household names like other legends have been accepted? I tend to think it's just entirely about if you win on the big stage and do awesome stuff, that's what you need to do. No, I mean, I think there's weird, weird things about uh, about all of that. But what I'll say, I mean, it is a process. I do feel like it, like anything just becomes more normal the more you see it. And look, you see more MVPs and champions and Finals MVPs that are foreign born than than yet. It, it obviously become more, um, you know, more accepted or what have you. But I think if you look at where we're at in the scale of like international basketball, the Team USA could lose in the Olympics. It happens sometimes. The FIBA's weird, whatever. But I think right now we're at a point where if you had to take the best U.S. players in the world versus the best players of the world, all countries combined, I think now you could make a really compelling case that that's an even matchup. But I don't know if you could say that ever before. I think we're, we're at that point. But we're not at the point yet where maybe like one individual country could take over or there's going to be more European players or you know the league's going to be 50% international. We're not there yet. But you look at the top-tier players. I mean, Luka, Jokic, Giannis – that's three of your top eight players or so, uh, all foreign born. And and I think that is sort of a watershed moment. It will be more and more too, by the way. We see this um, seven footer from France who's two seasons away. Looks like he's going to be one of the best prospects we've seen come through. I mean, there's more and more international talent coming into the league in the years to come as well. Yeah, it's a rough time for some folks that don't like that. There's definite real strains out there. But I'll just, you know – I'm choosing not to like get to get too wrapped up in that kind of stuff. I think it's easy to get focused on certain conversations about uh, what what the real hoopers know. I think that's easy to get lost in that conversation. I just think there are going to be like kids that are 10 and 11. Not my kid because he was playing Switch the entire time. I was trying to get him to watch that game last night, but. I think there will be kids that are just going to talk about like I was a kid when Giannis won. Like I remember his him dropping fifty in the finals, and it was amazing. He was just such a monster. Like you do, like you make yeah. you make these impressions, and those those become the athletes that you grew up with. Those become the superstars that 
looked up to is I think the wrong term, but you were in awe of, and it'll be amazing. I did see an interesting post though today that Giannis is, I believe the fourth foreign born finals MVP joining, uh, Hakeem, Tony Parker, Hakeem, yeah, Hakeem and Tony and Dirk. Um, completely forgot that Tony Parker was the finals MVP in 2007. Completely forgot that. Like it makes absolute sense to me because of where Tony was at in his career during, for that title. Um, but I just thought it was, I was just like, Oh yeah, Tony Parker was the finals MVP. That's wild. Um, Tony Parker and Andre Godala are the real weird. Like if you go through every finals MVP over the last 25, 30 years, all of your top play, I mean, it's not just your top players, like top 20 yeah. players. Honestly, in the last 30 years is Jordan, Kobe, LeBron, Kawhi, Kevin Durant, Steph Curry, Tim Duncan, Shaquille O'Neal. Those that's like that's the entire list. And then you have Tony Parker and Andre Guadalla. So a little little, little Yeah, I mean, there. like Tony was I think I think Tony is he's especially I'm sad because I think he's gonna get lost to history. Like he was sneaky, really great. Like he was. Yeah, but not, I'm so, you're, so was Iguodala, but they're not in the Jordan, LeBron, Kevin Durant category. That's that was my only point. It's oh not, no, you're absolutely right. You're abs- you're absolutely right. They're not in that category. Um, I will say that like there there's there, there's like the category that we're talking about here, the top twenty players, like and, and then there's Tony Parker, and then like down what like down if you go in the basement, and then like down a set of stairs, there's Andre Iguodala that got it for defending LeBron <laughs> in the series in which he was still amazing. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. look, Andre was pivotal for that team. He was, he was crucial. But he like, I really, didn't want to give it to Steph Curry is what it was. Yeah, That's and that really was. was. It, I don't think he could. He didn't play that great in that series. It really, honestly, was like a, I don't know, Iguodala, I guess. Um, no. I'm very glad that the the voters were not forced into a situation where they had to choose whether to give Giannis the first losing it and Finals MVP. Like, it, it's going to happen. I think at some point. Um, it, I don't think it would have happened in this one, although it was so clear. This is this is a maybe the biggest gap between first and second best player in a finals that I've seen in a long time. I would have to really sit and think about when the last – I mean, this is nothing against Chris Paul or Devin Booker or whoever, but Giannis is an all-timer. I don't think any of those other guys are all – Chris Paul's an all-time point guard. He's not in his prime, but he's an all-time point guard. But he's not an all-timer like Giannis is an all-timer, in my opinion. I don't agree with that. I think Chris Paul's an all-timer. I think I think he's I think back in his I think his prime years from 2000 really 8 I think 2008 to 2016 Chris Paul was as good as any like he was he was top level. He was absolutely incredible and just even it, like not even arguing that point but w- him now I mean do you feel like he's now no. Yeah, no, now you now you're absolutely right. Yeah. And one of the funny things and this is interesting maybe this this just popped in my head but one of the things that happened was Chris Paul was great for most of the season, kind of coasted through. I know Nick Wright had that he should have been MVP thing. Like he, not that he coasted. I'm just saying he didn't rev it the way that like, you know, a guy in his prime revs it. Yeah. He gets into the playoffs and looks great in the first round or gets hurt in the first round. Looks great in the second. Looks very good in the third. I thought he kind of wore down a little bit in this finals. And some of, a lot of that has to go with Milwaukee's defense. But last year we talked about the easy road that LeBron had and how great he looked throughout the playoffs. But watching this one where you actually have to go – round by round by round against juggernauts i wonder if like we haven't seen lebron have to go four six game series yet and i just wonder watching chris paul if lebron would wear down a little bit too yeah i i will go back to 2012 that celtic series he had to go pretty hard in that one i'm trying to remember who they faced in the second round in 2012 
But the, the Eastern Conference, there was always one round that was easy. I mean, there's just always was one or two rounds you could take off. Not See, that's the thing. Twelve. You want to know what the, the easy one was in, in the 2012? Let me hear it. It was the, it was the finals because they had that Pacers team and that Pacers team They're in 2000. Really good team. And that Pacers team in 2012, and they only won four two, and like that was a tight. That was the first time that everybody was like, "Oh, hey, the Pacers are good," you know. And then they had that Celtics series where they had to go seven. That Um, one counts. What was the first round? The first. Well, I mean, it's the first round. Like it's. But uh, but this is what I'm saying, Matt. He's in the Western Conference now. Like the first round next year is probably going to be hard. I mean, how many teams had an easy first round matchup this year? weren't very many out west. Maybe Denver had the easiest one. Utah. Utah had uh, Memphis. Memphis, but even Memphis was like, I mean, they're, they're scrappy. They make you work. They're not like, you know, LeBron used to have the bucks or he'd have some of the, one of these teams in the first round that just snuck in with a losing record. And this, I'm just, all I'm saying is it'll take maybe five in the first round, six, six, you know, six, whatever. And he just never had to do that. And at his age, I wonder if that intense of a run will just wear him down a little bit. I think it well, will. I think it will too. Look, I, this is one of the things I wrote about today is, it's very easy to be like, well, the Lakers will just be back. If they can, if, if Damian Lillard is just like, no, screw this. I'm out here. I'm out here. I want you. I've been great to you. You should trade me where I want to go. I want to go to the Lakers, do Kyle Kuzma and whatever else for me. And, you know, a 2035 first rounder um, and, and do that. Okay. Everyone's really skeptical of that happening. The only reason I'm not is because I've seen the Lakers get away with some absolute trash trades through the years. Um, but Barry, can you imagine? Can you imagine Damian Lillard though doing that now? Because I mean, he's already done the whole like, I want to be here. Why are you guys running away? Like, whatever. We've seen guys backtrack on that. But to do it on the heels of Giannis doing the thing that he just said that he just glorified, and then going to the Lakers, it'd be one thing if he did it and went to Philadelphia or New York, like some place that doesn't that needs him. But if you go to the Lakers of all places, yeah. I just you just you're the same. You're the same. I'm sorry. I agree. I agree. Um, but like, if the Lakers don't get him and they don't get Chris Paul, and if they do get Chris Paul, honestly, at, at age thirty-seven, like LeBron and Chris would be thirty-seven years. Like this, LeBron's gonna be thirty-seven years old. Yeah, it's still worth though, man. Are you kidding? They shoot a hundred free throws a game. Um, well, you'll lo- love those Heat, those those Lakers Nets finals then. Um, but like, this is the big thing: is I don't think that the Lakers are. A lot of this gets into, do you believe that the Lakers are going to be able to stay to, you mentioned this, like not wear down because Anthony Davis has made one long playoff run in his career. And it came after a three month hiatus in a bubble where he hit jumpers. Like the, the Lakers margin for error is just not what we thought it was. That's what this, this season kind of showed that like they had the worst, like, Everything went wrong for them and they can still win the title, but it's going to be, there's, there's going to be a moment where teams are going to have, are going to be able to see getting past the Lakers. Like you're going to be able to visualize it yeah. and that's going to be, be interesting. Um, I don't know if it, the nuggets be based off of the matchup, but look, you know, there's bad matchups that everybody runs into. And if you just get past it, you just get past it. Um, well, here's one thing that happened in this one that I think is really cool that happened in this series is that Milwaukee faced real adversity and they have for several years now. And I honestly think that experience served them in this run because Milwaukee was not a team that got rattled at all in this playoffs at all in this finals. They go down Oh two. I thought they were very calm and and composed. And that's the type of thing that is 
those are traits of a team that have been through this and had to do the slow, slow climb one step at a time and then get there. And Denver has that as well. They've also paid their dues and had to go one step. I don't know if they're going to have the same glow up, but at least you have that. One last thing on the Bucks. Um, Giannis was drafted 15th. Drew Holiday was drafted 17th. Chris Middleton was a second rounder. Brooke Lopez was drafted 10th. Yeah. Not considered like he was well past his net days of being like a star. Um, PJ Tucker, second rounder. Pat Connaughton, second rounder. Bobby Portis, I think in the 20s. Like, you don't have to have the a number one pick, a number one pick, a number one. Pick. Like you don't have to have three top five guys in order to win the NBA title. You can develop it. And the other thing I think that's really crucial about this, if you want for a, from a Nuggets perspective, they one of the reasons they traded for Drew Holiday, it was definitely the defense and his ability to be like another like perimeter creator, which the Bucks badly needed. He was also a high character guy. Like this is absolutely, I think something that the nuggets have focused on for them. It's less about, they want character, but for them, it's also a lot about, are you about the basketball? Are you about the work that they've, they've talked about that in recent years that they've realized that's their identity is it's just guys that just want to go to work. And so you can do that. You can focus on that and that can be successful. You don't have guys that are concerned with their brand. Like there are guys that think on the nuggets, they're concerned with their brand. That's okay. They make a lot of money, but you can still do it this way and win. And I think that's promising for yeah. any team in the league. They were a great story, man. They were fun to root for. And just the post game, all of this stuff was great. The fan base was great. I thought the fan base really stood out. Um, um, it was cool to see, yeah. man. Is it, it's weird to say this, and maybe we're being too hot take, but it really is my real feelings. Maybe I'll feel differently in years to come, but I hadn't felt that way about a champion for a while. You know what I mean? Like, there's just something that yeah. I like watch it, and it's almost a logical experience where I'm like, okay, I think that Kevin Durant and Steph Curry and Clay Thompson should win this one. But, you know, it happens. It was just kind of like, okay, I observed that happening. This was the first one where I was in a long time where I was kind of like, man, that's cool. That's all that stuff I love about, about sport. That was all there. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yes. It's it's just so rare the NBA does this. And so I'm so happy to, to have that moment. Now I, I've tried to tell people this. I'm really gonna try and not complain when it's when it's Lakers Nets in the next five years. I'm gonna try and remember and hold on to this one. Do you think the Suns will be back? Um, they could be. I mean, the Suns, one of the things we learned about the NBA is that every great team has to have like three or four guys that are just underpaid. And the Suns have a bunch of those guys that, and they're all up. Uh, some of them are up to be paid, including as weird as this to say, Cameron Payne, who was a huge part of their champion or run to the finals. So I don't know. Uh, they're going to be good. I don't think they're going to fall off. They're going to be good, but they caught lightning in a bottle this year. I think they're going to be similar to the Nuggets after the Nuggets made the Western Conference Finals where it's, are they going to be back next year? Maybe. They're good enough to, but things got to break right for them again. Yeah, well, I think we're a little bit warped from Cavs-Warriors where it's like the same team every, every single time. year. You go back to the 90s, right? And even when it was Jordan every year, you know, um, 91 was Lakers, 92 was Blazers, 93 was Suns, 90... Uh, six Celtics. Or, was, or, I'm sorry, Sonics. Was Sonics '97? Was Jazz and Jazz? Uh, jazz and Jazz. But but even during that era, you had Houston, you had Utah, you had Seattle, you had Phoenix. You had teams that were 
all there that you were looking at and what game sevens, you know, in the conference finals and this or that. So like you had a lot where we could have very easily had the Sonics in the finals three times, four times, Utah, another time, you know, you could have had Phoenix in there a couple of times. But when you have a lot of good teams, generally speaking, and it's close to a coin flip, it'll be somebody different at each time or, or, or close to it. I think that's how the West looks right now. Well, I think Nuggets fans can have a reasonable hope that it's it's them that catches lightning in the bottle next year. Uh, Adam, the bet has been placed, by the way. He's still filling it, huh? Got it. I, bu- I bought it, I bet it last night and multiple books. I did not get the 30 to 1. It already went from 30 to 1 to 20 to 1. I think I talked about it too much. <laughs> there so, you go. I, think I, I moved that pride. I did think it was notable that the Nuggets went from 30 to 1 to 20 it's to 1. Big jump. That's, it's a big jump. It's a big jump. So, Nuggets at one book I, I did bet at are 22 one to win the nba title which you know i was actually surprised that uh april 1st they were 18 to 1 still hmm. april 1st that's after after the gordon trade when they started to look awesome they hadn't gotten into the real win streak but before the murray injury and they were still 18 to 1 interesting so we, it'll be interesting to see what happens all right this guy robin up for locked on nuggets thanks for joining us we'll have draft content uh pretty much probably all the shows from here on out gotta be pretty draft centric Make sure to follow, rate, review, and subscribe on wherever you get podcasts. We need those reviews. It helps us so much. Spread the word. Tell a friend. Be like, hey, do you like the Nuggets? Just walk up to random strangers in in your streets of whatever town you're in. Be like, hey, do you like the Denver Nuggets? Because I have a podcast for you. Do that for us. Follow Adam at Adam underscore Mares and check him out at thedmvr.com, including uh, the latest episode, I believe, of keeping it. 1,000, yeah. 1,000 with George Carl. Yeah, correct? that dropped today. He was uh, He's less optimistic about the Nuggets than you are. Uh, not shocking. Not shocking at all. That's not not surprising there at all. Uh, make sure you go check that out. And you can check me out at the Action Network. Download that app today. Would really appreciate that as well. I'm also on Locked On, Nugget, on, Locked on NBA for Thursday with Jackson Gatlin. Adam is on Locked On NBA on Friday. Who's your co-host, Tony? Uh, Nick Engstad, Locked On Mavs. Nick Engstad. Yeah, Locked On Maps. They paired us with very young people because we're old. Right. And so, but anyway, you can listen to us on those shows uh, if you want more general NBA takes for your perusal. Have a great week, everybody. Thanks for listening. We'll see you guys again next time on Locked On Night.